Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I've found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. Today I'm looking at the six foundations of Christianity in this chapter, which will be covered over the next few weeks as there's too much to put into a single podcast. This is part one. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights the Lord has given to me. Now that we've established that Jesus is the foundation stone and cornerstone of the Christian church, we need to look further at the foundational teachings of the church, or what should be the foundation teachings. These are the things that the apostles and teachers of the early church taught and spread across the whole church at the beginning. There are many teachings that could be considered foundational to Christianity, such as grace, healing, walking in love and more, and these are certainly important teachings in understanding the fullness of Christianity. But a foundational teaching refers to a beginning point, just as the foundations of a house are the beginning of the building of the house. First, a foundation is laid, and then the house is built on that foundation. So what are the foundational teachings of Christianity? Fortunately, we've been told what these are in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, with instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The writer of Hebrews was about to move on to some of the deeper and more solid teachings of Christianity in this chapter, but we're fortunate that before doing so, he defined what were the foundational teachings. These are what he referred to as the milk teachings of Christianity at the end of the previous chapter, where it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their faculties trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 to 14. These milk teachings are the starting point for all Christians, and as such should form the basic teachings of the church if the church is to be built on a solid foundation. These are the teachings that all Christians should learn as soon as they come to Christ. Sadly, this is not always the case, as some of these teachings are barely given lip service in some churches, while others are completely ignored. Some churches have distorted these teachings so badly that they bear no resemblance to the truth of the new covenant. The church needs to find the truth of these teachings because without them, the foundation of the church will not be strong and the congregation will suffer. The six foundations as defined by the writer of Hebrews are repentance, faith towards God, baptisms, laying on hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. Let us now briefly look at these six foundation teachings and see what they are and what we need to do to learn them. If you want to study them in more detail, I have written another book titled The Six Foundation Teachings of Christianity, and that is available for free in PDF form on my website, freegiftfromgod.com. Repentance. The very first of the foundation teachings of Christianity is repentance. This is where all Christians start the journey in their walk with Christ. Repentance is not just turning over a new leaf, 
as some people think. It's much more and much deeper than that. The Greek word translated as repent or repentance is metanoia, and it literally means to change your thinking. And this is what repentance is really all about. To repent is more than just seeking forgiveness for what you've done. Repentance means to change your thinking so that you don't continue doing whatever wrong you have been doing and from which you need to repent. Don't get me wrong here. Repentance is also about forgiveness, but it is much more about change. It seeks to find out, how do I change my mind so that when the situations that led to sin in the past arise, they do not happen again? And how do I stand against temptations when they arise? And they will arise. The very first part of our walk with Jesus Christ is to repent. And it's interesting to see that when John the Baptist, Jesus Christ and the 12 apostles began their respective ministries, they all began saying the same words, repent. When new disciples come to the Lord, they are encouraged to repent because without repentance, there can be no change. And it is change that the Lord seeks for his people. All the people of the world are born into sin and need to change their lives to be made right with God. Through repentance, God is willing to accept us and help us with the process of change, because if we are to live with God and Jesus Christ into eternity, we must be perfect. We must be transformed and changed into the image of Jesus Christ, and that process begins with repentance. Without going into deep detail, the words of the people Simon Peter preached to after the disciples received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost sum it up perfectly. Let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far off, every one whom the Lord our God calls to him. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 39. The people here had just come to the realisation that they had killed the Christ. The Messiah promised by all the prophets from Moses to John the Baptist had just been put to death in the most shocking and painful way, and he was ostracised, spat on, ridiculed, and hated by the people who delivered him to Pilate for the death penalty. How would they have felt when they came to this realisation? The scripture says they were cut to the heart, but this probably understates the overwhelming feelings of despair and the anguish they must have felt. But then Peter preaches a word of hope and salvation. In this, his first address to the people. What does he say? Repent. Repent, be baptised and receive the Holy Spirit and so change your minds, change your thinking and turn to Christ for the forgiveness of all your sins. Peter preached hope to the people and this hope began with the need to repent. This hope is still here today. The promises of repentance and the freedoms that are offered through baptism and the gift of the Holy Spirit with all of the other gifts of the Spirit are still available and necessary today. The words in verse 39 in this section scream this hope to all people because the offer is not just to the children of those people there, but to all that are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And that is you and I. 
We are those who are far off, both in distance and time, but we are also those whom the Lord our God has called. All of the promises and gifts of God that existed back then are offered to us today. But repentance is just the beginning. Faith towards God is the second of the six foundations. All of the promises of God depend on faith. The beginning of our walk may be repentance, but faith is close behind it, if not walking hand in hand with the need to repent. In fact, in my opinion, I think some small measure of faith comes first and then repentance follows. Without faith, there is nothing. And what we are called to believe as new Christians is really quite simple, as it should be for the first steps of the Christian walk. We believe that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead who died to set us free from sin and to offer us the hope of salvation. And that's about it. Christian faith in a nutshell. Sure, there's a lot more to faith than that, but this is the beginning and the foundation of faith. The foundation of faith is that we believe in God and what he has achieved in and through Jesus Christ. It's on the basis of this simple faith that he gives us many gifts. First, through faith, we receive forgiveness of our sins. But more than that, God takes away our sins. You see this in John chapter 1, verse 29. And he removes our sins from us so that we are no longer bound by sin and therefore takes away all condemnation. God no longer condemns us as sinners, and so we too must believe that we are no longer under the power of sin. Second, through faith, we believe that God has separated us from the Old Testament law. This is important because it is the law that condemns people as sinners, and it is when we put ourselves under the law that we suffer self-condemnation and guilt. But when the law is taken away through faith, there is no condemnation and there is no guilt. So we stand sin-free before God. We are freed from our past sin and we are set free from the law so that we are freed also from the potential for future sin. This is important because it is sin that stands between man and God and no sinner can stand in the presence of God. But by faith in Jesus Christ and what God has done in his death and resurrection, our sins are removed. God is then willing to help us find perfection and to transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Because we are imperfect, we need the help of God as we cannot transform ourselves. Third, through the death and resurrection of Christ, we are given the free gift of righteousness by faith. When we believe what God achieved by resurrecting Christ Jesus from the grave, God declares us as righteous. Why would he do that? Because we have faith and we believe in him. Just as Abraham was declared righteous by God when Abraham believed God, so too we are reckoned righteous by faith. And you can read that in Romans chapter 4, verses 3 to 11, and also verses 22 to 25. These things are the starting points for faith in God. There is much more as we grow and learn, but these things are the beginnings and thus the foundations of faith. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you will join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true Church of God. Next week, I'll continue with part two of this chapter on the six foundations of Christianity. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Thank you.